Habits and Health, Episode 74. Welcome to the Habits and Health Podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. Brought to you by an educator and coach for anyone who wants to create a healthier life. Here's your host, Tony Winyard. Welcome to Habits and Health. My guest today is Mark Young, and he joined the Zona Health team in 2016 to make Zona Plus a household name. And you may be thinking, what is Zona Health? What is Zona Plus? So we're going to find out all about that in this episode, how it helps people and what his aim with that is and why he joined Zona Health in the first place. If you do enjoy this episode, please do share it with anyone who will get some real value from it and hope you enjoy this week's show. Habits and Health. My guest today is Mark Young. How are you, Mark? I'm doing quite well, Tony. How are you doing? I'm pretty well. And uh, we find you down in uh, Florida, wasn't it? It is true. I'm in Fort Lauderdale. I dealt with enough years of snow in my life. Do you think you'll ever go back to, to the snow? I will not. I'm originally from Detroit, so my uh, my blood wasn't as thin as it is now. And now anytime I go back and visit friends and family, I'm just all winter. If I go back, I'm just so cold all the time. It's terrible. <laughs> so I much prefer the beach. So how long have you been in Florida? Just going on nine years, actually. Okay. Funny. And is it still as exciting as it was when you first went down there? You know what? I'll be honest with you, Tony, and tell you, I really try to be grateful for the things I have in my life. And when I moved down here, it almost was somewhat surreal that I could just go to the beach whenever I wanted and just palm trees everywhere and so on. And I have made it a habit of always saying that please don't ever let this get old. So yes, I am just as entertained by the beach and I am just as entertained by the palm trees and the beautiful scenery and the beautiful people and the great food as I was nine years ago. (laughs) And what was the reason that took you down there in the first place? Was it work related or, or something else? It was actually for years prior to doing what I'm doing now, I actually worked in higher education. I was a college professor and administrator at a national college group. And um, so I worked for the company for years remote, and they had actually made me an offer down here in Fort Lauderdale, which is where the home office was based. I knew nothing about the area, but I'd say yes and figure it out later. And I ended up saying yes to the opportunity, moved, and then actually didn't even stay with the company, but I stayed in Fort Lauderdale. (laughs) And so is what you're doing now quite different to what it, you know what I will say that it is somewhat different along the same channels. And that is we worked in I worked in education. I was a senior VP of operations and education. And I will say working in the space of natural health and stuff, business is business. But aside from business being business, we're also in the education business. And that is we're consistently trying to educate people about ways that they can improve their health and improve their lifestyle. And much of what I find that we're dealing with our consumers in the health space is the same as we dealt with students. And I used to talk to professors that worked under me and I would tell them the the number one thing we do in the classroom is not teach math, teach science, teach English. Like that's not it. We remediate life skills because most students have, they lack the skills to do things successfully. And we're so busy trying to get them to memorize things that we fail to notice that they lack the life skills. For instance, students who aren't turning in assignments, it's not because they're bad students. Quite often, it's because they just have never been taught time management skills. And I would arguably say the same goes in the particularly natural health space. People aren't unhealthy because they choose to be unhealthy. 
quite often their decisions are because they just don't know any better. For instance, we deal at Zona Health, which you've not gotten into yet, but we deal with people who are suffering from hypertension and they've been educated to believe that you just take your blood pressure pill because the pharmaceutical industry has trained us that's what you do. Mm. And the belief that there's something other than that is, I would say, people are ignorant to it. They just don't know. So, so is it very different, you asked? And the answer is not entirely. <laughs> Maybe a different topic, but all the same stuff. So you talked about Zona Plus. So is Zona Plus a company that you started or have you joined or what's your situation? I didn't, interestingly enough. So Zona Health is the maker of the Zona Plus. And the Zona right. Plus is a medical device that uses its own algorithm and isometric exercise, which leads to the eventuality of reduced hypertension and the, the consumer not dealing with that same type of stuff, which we can get into later. But I did not start the company. I was an investor in the company many years ago. And as they were undergoing a change in leadership, I was approached by the board of directors to ask if I would be interested. I told them no. And here I am. <laughs> you know how those stories always play out. So they actually had, they had asked about it because they were obviously making a change with the leadership there. And as they had asked about my interest, I told them I had another business of my own. I wasn't actually interested in that. But because of the situation the company was in, because I had an investment in the company, I had a literal vested interest. And I had offered a short term for six months, I'll be the acting CEO of the company. And it's just turned into a longer term engagement, which we can get into later, but it's really based in research. And we're in the process right now of an FDA clinical study here in the States and so on and so forth. So lots going on there. So I've stuck around. How does the Zona Plus work? Um, so the Zona Plus is actually a medical device and we say it's a hand grip therapy. So the device itself, anybody can go look it up at Zona.com, Z-O-N-A.com if they want to see it and see a demo of it. But what the device does is it uses isometric hand grip therapy to trigger multiple different responses out of the natural physiology of the body. Now, isometric, just to educate some folks on what that means, is people are familiar with concentric and eccentric movement. So imagine a sit-up. When I go up on the sit-up, I'm contracting my muscles to pull myself up. That's called concentric. And then at eccentric movement, I'm extending the muscles back to the ground as I lay my back down. Right. That's a movement that people are familiar with. It's a push-up. It's a sit-up. It's those types of movements. Now, isometric would be the equivalent of, let's say, a plank. Because what I'm doing is I'm holding a muscle group in a very static position for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And holding the muscle in that position is actually triggering an entirely different set of responses physiologically out of the body. And it's gaining more attention. There was an isometric as far as exercise was concerned. Isometrics became a big thing a couple decades ago, but it's getting a lot of attention right now as well. And thinking of common things that somebody would do at the gym that would be considered isometric, it would be the equivalent of a plank or a wall sit where you're holding that position. And it's funny because at first, it doesn't feel like it's that big of a deal. About 20 seconds into your plank, you're about ready to collapse. And it didn't seem like a big deal at first. So what Zona does is it actually does the same type of thing. And that is you hold the device, squeeze it as hard as you can, and it gauges based on your maximum grip strength. It calculates an algorithm for you. Hmm. And then it has you hold it at the calculated algorithm. It has you hold it at that contraction for two minutes. 
So it runs through that cycle a couple of times per treatment, but you hold that at two minutes. And what we have found in multiple different areas is the two things happen. I'm going to speak to a short-term and a long-term benefit here. So the short-term benefit of holding a device in an isometric is that the body feels like a part of it is in distress, right? Holding that grip for two minutes, it hurts. Like at the end of the two minutes, like you're feeling that burn in the arm. Anytime the body has that kind of constriction, it obviously limits blood flow. So if you're holding that plank, what's the reason it hurts so much? It's not necessarily the muscle. It's because the muscle is held at such a static position that the blood's not flowing freely. So what the body does is it triggers its natural response for vasodilation. And the natural way to increase vasodilation in the body is through nitric oxide release. So the body triggers nitric oxide release. Nitric oxide begins to flow through the body. Vasodilation takes place. Blood vessels open. Then you let go. It's been two minutes, right? All of that's taking place in that two-minute time. So increased nitric oxide production will help in a short-term basis. What we found clinically is that the long-term benefit is that the, so I'll start at the beginning and say that the entire cardiovascular system is lined with what's called an endothelium. Hmm. And the endothelium physiologically is like the body's thermostat, right? It's a trigger system in the body that says when something happens, you're the one that needs to tell us to respond. Not even necessarily how to respond, but that we need to respond like a fire alarm. What happens is over time and as we age, the endothelium begins to harden. And imagine the endothelium like a sponge that just starts to dry out. Okay, so the endothelium dries, the fire alarm no longer triggers like it used to. So blood pressure increases and the body doesn't know it. As crazy as that is, like your blood pressure increases and your body doesn't realize it's increasing. So it doesn't regulate it. What we found with Zona is that when the isometric exercise takes place using that hand grip therapy out of the device, what ends up happening physiologically is that two minute grip that the body is forced to do forces sodium release out of the cells because the muscles tense, right? Anytime that you end up with exerting muscle strength, sodium gets released. Every cell in the body has to have an even number of sodium and potassium. It must be equal at all times. So as sodium releases, potassium releases also in order to keep the balance. As potassium releases, potassium is the only substance that softens the endothelium. So over time, we end up with this potassium release. The potassium release softens the endothelium. All of a sudden, the fire alarm works again. And then the body says, whoa, my blood pressure is high. I didn't even realize this. And then your body goes and self-regulates. Typically for most conditions, the body knows how to deal. Bodies are made to survive. They're they're self-healing. And only in instances where the stimulus or the disease or whatever that's taking place is more powerful than the body does it give up? The body will continue to work to heal itself till it's dead. So the reality is that what we're doing is we are biohacking is the term we use. And that we're just hacking into the body's ability to heal itself. So it's non-pharmaceutical. It's non-invasive. All we're doing is resetting the body's ability to take care of itself. So so you mentioned about that it releases sodium from the cells. So does that require 
additional hydration if you it, it's literally an 11 minute treatment right so you use it that amount of time the body goes back to normal because those things get get released but they're not sweat out so that sodium and potassium is still in the body and so you talked about grip strength is that going to be so say older people maybe who have problems with i don't know arthritis or anything is that mm -hmm. would they still be able to use it 100%. In fact, that's a real target audience. As I mentioned earlier, that the device itself, when you do the initial calibration, it measures maximum grip strength. So maybe you or me are going to have a very different grip strength than a 100-year-old person, just assuming that we're stronger than that. Right. But the device actually uses their maximum grip strength. So that you squeeze it as hard as you can, then it calculates the algorithm. And right. then it has you squeeze at a percentage of your maximum grip strength. So for the therapy where you're using it for those two minutes, yours is going to be different than mine. It's going to be different than every other person's because we're all going to change. And the beauty of it is that it does that calibration every single time you use the device. Because if you use it at night versus the morning or some days you're just stronger than others or weaker than others, or maybe you had a heavy workout and you're weak today, doesn't matter because it's having you use it at a percentage of your maximum grip strength and because it's a percentage of maximum grip strength it works for everyone so you talked about the how the nitric oxide comes mm -hmm. into all of this so by using this on a frequent basis does it increase your production of nitric oxide it does every time you use the device it actually increases nitric oxide production so we find that people because of that increased vasodilation. So we're we're specifically referring to it in terms of blood pressure, obviously diagnosed hypertension. The reality is anything related to circulation receives the benefit. So we're talking blood pressure, but anything that is increased by vasodilation. And I say that because we have a lot of people who've used the device and say that it has corrected their ED because erectile dysfunction is actually a circulatory problem. It's all yeah. about blood flow. If you're able to correct the blood flow problem and you're able to increase vasodilation, you fix those types of problems. You get faster muscle recovery. You get better sleep. You get erectile dysfunction corrected. You get lower blood pressure. And really, that's just a matter of you're free. And imagine your circulatory system down here in South Florida, our traffic is terrible. And imagine that the zona making that comparison, it's opening up another lane, right? You're just allowing the traffic to flow more freely from the body. So everything gets where it's going faster and you're releasing some of that congestion. And what happens over time is your circulatory system begins to contract, it starts to harden. And it's imagining like right now, I'll give you the example again, like they're metaphorically, but they're putting in express lanes of traffic. What happens? Two lanes are closed on the highways. So it's like high blood pressure. It's right. There's just not enough room for the exact same number of vehicles to travel through, mm. much like your blood is trying to move through a congested channel. Right. What we're doing is just helping to reshape that channel and open up a free lane of traffic. And that can be done in the short term via nitric oxide production. But once you end up using the device over and over and that endothelium becomes softened, what's happening in that is that your body doesn't even need it as much anymore right. because you don't need the stimulation of nitric oxide because the body knows to do it on its own. Would that have any effect on people with respiratory conditions, for example? It is possible if the respiratory condition is connected to circulation. Right. 
So asthma specifically is actually more of a contraction of the lungs and the bronchioles of the lungs. It's not really a circulatory thing. If it were a matter of blood properly flowing to the lungs that was causing the issue, then perhaps yes. I don't have connection on that. We have actually had people, again, anecdotally only talk about things, peripheral neuropathy, for instance, because that's a blood flow issue to the nerve endings. So for instance, people who are diabetic can benefit from the use of the device simply because it actually increases circulation and diabetes is strongly related to circulatory problems. So how long has the device been available? When was it first created? So interestingly enough, I'll give you a little background on the science behind it. That is, it was discovered, the science behind it was actually discovered back in the 80s. So 30 some years ago, the science was discovered and there was a doctor who was hired by the United States Air Force and he was hired by the Air Force to study what's called G-force blackout, which is when pilots end up moving at a at G-force mock speeds, they pass out for a few moments and then they recover. And the Air Force was trying to figure out how do they reduce that or stop it entirely. So he was part of that research team, but for every pilot, they would of course do a full health panel prior to the research and then post-research. And he had noticed an anomaly, and that is for every pilot that was being studied, their blood pressure actually had gone down over the course of the study. That wasn't the problem with G-force blackout, but he was like, what an interesting subset of data. Mm. So after the research was over, he went on to make it his life work to study this. Um, in his study, what he found, it was that as the aircraft went faster, he realized the anomaly was that the pilot was gripping the joystick of the plane mm. tighter. Right. So as they were doing that, he made the connection that was actually the reason for the blood pressure reduction. Mm. So he studied multiple different time lengths. He studied multiple different algorithms, multiple different grip strengths, and just did research after research, study after study to come up with the algorithm that we use today. The current device as it's being sold using the current technology, I said the device has been updated, but the technology itself has been around in the market about 15 years. Right. And it's crazy that it's just not used, right? It's a ridiculous thing that more people don't know about it. And again, I'll, I'll harken back to the early part of our conversation when I say we're in the education business because we're trying to teach people that there's alternatives to pharmacology. It's not about taking a pill. And anyone I know who takes a takes an antihypertensive complains more about the side effects of the antihypertensive than they actually do blood pressure itself, right? They'd rather have the high blood pressure then deal with the side effects of the medication. And we've got a solution. But to your point, it's forming a good habit. It's making sure that people are actually using what's available to them and researching to find out what's available and not just relying on what they believe is common lore. We hope you are enjoying this episode of the Habits and Health Podcast where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. If you are looking for the fastest and most effective way to transform your energy and well-being, we invite you to join Tony for an upcoming Habits and Health Workshop. This five-week group workshop will empower you with tools to disrupt unwanted habits and make positive changes easy. You'll enjoy sounder sleep, better energy, less stress, and a happier mood. Workshops begin on the first week of every month, 
and you can sign up at TonyWinyard.com. Now back to the show. Because grip strength is a major issue for older people, isn't it? So grip strength in so much as grip strength reduces as people get arthritis and stuff like that. But interestingly enough, unrelated to what we do, but related to the outcome. So not part of our story, but part of our side effect, if you will, is that we do end up increasing grip strength. A quick Google search, and I will tell you, Google search the words grip strength and longevity. And you will find that a person who has a stronger grip is statistically expected to live much longer Hmm. than a person who doesn't. And they've still not gotten the connection between those two things yet. There's a lot of hypotheses out there. One of the hypotheses is that a person with a stronger grip strength just tends to be in in better health, Hmm. that it's a matter of frailty. And others will actually say, because grip strength is closely associated with cardiovascular health and stuff like that. And the reality is, I don't know if you're familiar with Dave Asprey. Dave will actually tell you in his book, Superhuman, that there's only four things that'll kill you. You're You're gonna die of heart disease, you're going to die of Alzheimer's, you're going to die of cancer, or what was his fourth one? Was it diabetes or something? But there's really only four things that are going to kill you. And you really need to focus on making sure that those four things are not part of your life. And these are ways to do that. And with that type of thing, I would say grip strength is most closely associated with cardiovascular disease, that the stronger the grip, the less likely a person is to develop cardiovascular problems, which is one of the four things that'll kill you. So how widely is it distributed? Is it mostly in the States or is it global? Um, It is actually global. We hold patents all over Britain and the UK, trademarks all over the same. So we are international. We've actually, we ship internationally without any kind of concerns. We don't have a physical presence, albeit we used to do quite a bit more business. We were actually looking at an expansion into the UK, but if not have not locked that up as of yet. What we've done recently is one of the things we found, and that is here in the States anyways, what I'll say is people are very, I don't want to be insulting, but people are sheep, right? People do what they're told and they set up their standards of credibility and those credibility standards, if violated, are are no fly zones for them. Here in the United States, and this is changing, by the way, people are so reliant on what the FDA tells them, and that's the Mm. Food and Drug Administration, which regulates these types of medical devices. And because of that, having the FDA's endorsement is credibility with consumers. Now, personally, I don't trust most of what the FDA says and does because I've been behind the curtain and I know what goes on and really I'm not interested. And I'm sorry if anybody from the FDA is listening to this, but I don't. So I know they use their research standards and I know that their intention is to make sure that companies are not lying or taking advantage in predatory ways to consumers. So I understand the, the reasoning behind it. Behind the curtain, I find most of it unreasonable. But what we've done over the course of the last two years, literally as COVID was beginning, is that we've delved into a research study that's endorsed by the FDA to prove the point. And then upon successful completion of that study, we can then say that the FDA has approved this and so on and so forth. As of right now, what we can say is the FDA has cleared it. And being FDA cleared means that they have acknowledged that it causes no harm. They've said that it is helpful for use in adjunct. So if you're doing this and doing other things, they endorse it. But as a solution for hypertension, the FDA has not put that stamp on there. 
despite dozens and dozens of clinical studies that we have, everything from Johns Hopkins University to the Mayo Clinic to the American Heart Association and beyond. Again, the way the FDA does their research is if they're not involved on the front end, they don't believe what you produce on the back end. Your customers or the customers that buy this, do they tend to be people that have some kind of condition which this would be really helpful for? Or is it maybe also people, you mentioned about biohackers and people who are just looking to increase their strength and fitness or whatever? So in the biohack community specifically, because you brought it up, I will say that people buy the device because it's not terribly expensive and they'll buy it as a hack to have in their repertory. They'll just use it because biohacking is not about getting over a sickness. It's about never becoming sick in the first place. Yeah. So most people who are in the biohacking community specifically are trying to avoid sickness rather than trying to cure it. So yes, Zona is very attractive to people in that community. Outside of that community, our typical consumer is a person who is either on an antihypertensive or has been recently diagnosed with hypertension and is trying to avoid uh, beginning. So in the general population, we are much more about symptom reduction. In the biohack community, we are about symptom prevention. Zona Plus is this product we're talking about. So what, is this the only product Zona Health does or is there other things that Zona Health is It is. We have strategic partnerships with other companies and things that we sell on our website that are adjunct to the use of Zona. So we've got a line of nutraceuticals that are available on there, including a nitric oxide supplement, which are manufactured by Vitalia Life. So a well-vetted company. And so those are available on the website as well. We sell blood pressure cuffs through A&D. So those types of things are available, but Zona's entire focus is this particular device, which again, stabs off the symptoms of hypertension. That is what we do. Very, very one channeled in that respect. We do what we're good at. I'm wondering about the age of people that use this. Does it tend to be older people or is it a much wider range? Um, So it does vary, albeit it has to follow the, again, we talk about target rich environments, right? Mm. And that is, so when we're doing our, our marketing or speaking to our consumers, we speak to the audience that has the greatest likelihood of having hypertension. And that typically tends to be, and I'll say an older demographic and sadly, I'm going to put myself in that category and say it's a 45 plus crowd. So people over 45 tend to be the ones who start to experience age-related hypertension. And again, based on our earlier conversation about the science, it's age-related hypertension that we actually do best. And that is it's the hardening of the arteries simply based on the aging of the blood vessels. So as the cardiovascular system ages, it begins to a bit, and that's all based on the hardening of that endothelium. So that audience is better for us. I would say our most likely engaged audience is a 65 plus followed by a 55 plus followed by a 45 plus. And again, 65 plus is just a target rich environment. The majority of people 65 plus are already taking something to regulate blood pressure. Hmm. And, it, and it's age related. And th- what they don't know is it's age related based on that hardening of the endothelium. And if there's a way to naturally do that, you don't need to be on hypertensives, antihypertensives, typically. Some people's owner will help them. I know some stories. We have a doctor who's a customer of ours and also a testimonial who raves about it. He was on, he's a doctor and he was on three antihypertensives to control his blood pressure. And when he started using Zona, he was thrilled because he was able to cut back to one. 
So he still had problems with hypertension, but he was able to significantly reduce the amount of medication he was taking every day. And further, the the beauty of it is that not only was he able to reduce the amount of medication he was on, but he no longer had all the side effects from those three commingled medications. So changing the subject, Mark, a question I always ask all of my guests, Mm. is there a book that you can think of that's really moved you for any reason? I love that question. And you'd mentioned it before we got started that you would be asking me that. And it's a slow pitch for me because I just recently published a book. So I'm going to give a plug for my own book. And it's a book called Date Your Clients. And Date Your Clients is available on Amazon. And I, the entire book is a story, not even a story. I don't want to say that, but it's a lot of stories, but it's compiled with some good information. And it's somewhat of a snarky look at relationships and business and how they co-mingle. And that is the proper treatment of people is the key to business success. And date your clients is, of course, a bit of a cheeky topic or title because the people's first reaction to it is, oh my gosh, you should never mix work and pleasure. You never date your clients. And the entire idea behind it is the same principles that we apply to the dating world or personal relationships are the same as they are in the business world. Hmm. Treat people well. And unfortunately, I will say that we consider our personal lives relational, but our business lives transactional. And my argument is that they're both relational. And if you focus on the transactional, it's not going to happen, at least not long term. And what was it that led to you thinking that this would be a good subject to explore in a book? What happened? Funny enough. So my primary, I mentioned to you before, when you asked me about the history of the business and how I got involved in it, I mentioned to you that I actually run my own business Mm. and Zona happens to be a business I got involved in. I was an investor in the company and then ended up running the company. My primary work has been in in marketing and business consulting. So in that vein, I actually was dealing with a client of mine who was making some serious business errors. And the errors were all based on focusing on transactional experiences with their customers rather than relational experiences with their customers. And in so doing, I was writing an email to her and was trying to explain my point in metaphor. Because when I explained the point without the metaphor, she was not getting it. Mm -hmm. So I moved into metaphors and the metaphors I was using was Imagine you're dating this person. You wouldn't talk to the person that way. You wouldn't just send a train. Like, so as I'm explaining this, it funny enough, just turned into a, turned into a book of all the dumb things. An email turned into a book, but it's good information. I'll be honest with you and tell you, I find myself using it all the time. And so is the book published yet? It is. It actually is published. You can can buy it on Amazon. Just go to dateyourclients.com if you want to read a little bit more about it or go directly to Amazon and just search Date Your Clients, Mark Young. Um, And the book is available for sale. We hit an Amazon number one. So I was excited about that when we launched. That's the book that most recently affected me most, but probably not the way you expected. (laughs) How can people find out more about you and about the Zona Plus and, and so on? Sure. So the Zona Plus, I'm going to tell you, go visit Zona.com, Z-O-N-A.com, and they can learn anything they want to learn about the Zona. Reach out to us if you have questions. We do ship internationally, and we set up a coupon code for your audience. The coupon code is HABIT2020, mm-hmm. and HABIT2020 actually saves them $100 off the purchase of the product. 
So Habit 2020, and they can save $100. That'll more than cover the cost of international shipping. So that shouldn't be a problem. And then if they want to find more information, like I said, dateyourclients.com, they can go there and there's a link to contact me personally if they have questions, or they can go right through Zona and that'll come to me too via our customer service team. And, and finally, Mark, is there a quotation that resonates with you? A quotation. I love this only because my internal email, not my external, but my internal email is a quote by Mahatma Gandhi. And it just three words, action expresses priority. And I relate this to health. I relate this to wealth. I relate this to business relationships or whatever. And really action expresses priority means the things that you value will be the things that you do, not the things you talk about. And if your health is important, you will do something about it. And if your finances are important, you will do something about it. But people people die every day with dreams that they've never even attempted to fulfill. And I'll say that those aren't dreams. Those are just wishes at that point. Like we move towards the things we value. Do you have any thoughts on what it is that why people don't take action on things that they say that they really want to do? Oh, you're dipping into a whole mess of topics here, Tony. So my personal mantra in life, and I will say everybody needs a life's mission, right? Everybody has something about them that drives them like nothing else. And mine personally is people living beneath potential. And I consider it my life's goal to try to unlock as much potential as possible. A lot of people who have defeating thoughts. I will say that the majority of people that I meet have some area of their lives where they live in some kind of personal prison. And that personal prison is 100% of the time related to a belief system that they have adopted at some point in life. Sometimes it's a person who believes they could never be healthy because they grew up being told they were a sickly child. So in their mind, they just believe that health is not an option. Or someone who grew up in a poverty-stricken situation and has adopted the belief that I could never be successful, or I could never be wealthy, or I'm not smart enough to go to college, or fill in the blank. We could go on all day with those types of beliefs. And why do I believe that people don't take action? And I'd say because there's a limiting belief system somewhere that has made them believe that is true. And the key is not just taking action, but the key is taking the action to find out what limiting belief it is that you think. If I believed I could never fail, my day would look much different than it does every other day. Wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. If failure wasn't an option, I wouldn't sit on the couch talking about how I wish I could lose 10 pounds. If failure wasn't an option, I wouldn't stay at a job I hate. Yeah. I I would go get one I love, or I would start my own business. If failure wasn't an option, I would ask every pretty girl out because I would assume that whoever was going to tell me yes, as opposed to the fear of rejection that people live in. So many things I could say to that, Tony. You're you're triggering me here. And as I said, I realized this is a whole new episode, but I thought I'd ask anyway. It totally is. And you happened to hit my hot buttons with it. So well done. So, well, Mark, thank you for your time. It's been a real pleasure. So, yeah, good luck with Designer Plus. It sounds like a great device. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. And thank you so much, Tony. I appreciate you having me on the show today. Thank you. Take care. Next week is episode 75 with Catherine Chadwick. She's a, a life mastery consultant and she's been certified at the Brave Thinking Institute and she's a fellow member of the Institute of Coaching affiliated with McLean Hospital and Harvard University. She's an expert in transformational guidance that provides individuals and groups with insights and tools that prioritize mental fitness 
training, wellness, resilience, adaptability, and mindfulness. That's episode 75 with Catherine Chadwick. Hope you've enjoyed this week's show with Mark Young. If you got some value from it, please do, well, leave a review. Why not share it with someone who will get some value from it as well? And I hope you have a great week. See you next week. Thanks for tuning into the Habits and Health Podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. You can also sign up for email updates and learn about coaching and workshop opportunities at TonyWinyard.com. See you next time on the Habits and Health Podcast.